Southport, which Pastor Dai is very close friends with uh, the pastors there. And uh, we felt at that time that um, we just needed to, to come down here and, and start getting involved in this church. It was a long time ago, about 15, 20 years nearly, I think. Um, 20 years, yeah. And when you start a church, especially the kind of personality I am, I'm, I'm Pastor Dai once called me a gypsy. Um, she probably doesn't remember that, but she actually called me a gypsy. And because my my heart is always to move on to the next thing. And, and I think there's, there's people in this house that will always feel like that. You always feel that your heart wants to do more than you're actually doing. Your heart wants to go higher and, and beyond everything that you're doing. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but we, we had a time of about 14, 15 years of serving this house, uh, being in this place. We, we enjoyed it. We hated it. We loved it. We were miserable in it. All the emotions that you go through as a family member. Do you, do you realize that? We, we forget church is family. And if, if we don't operate as a family, we're going to quickly get upset and walk out the door. See, family never really, yeah, okay, you could say to me, oh, well, my family doesn't talk to each other. Well, I've got an issue in my family where some of my family members aren't talking to each other. But does that mean that we're not family anymore? No, it doesn't. Family will stick together through thick and thin, will it not? If you watch EastEnders, you probably haven't got a very good example of that family sticking to. See, I don't watch those kind of things because my family model is based on a heavenly example where a guy called Jesus was sent to this earth to die for every single person. And what is his function and his goal? What's the Father's goal? It's to create a what? Family. Family is more important to the body of Christ than your natural family. The spiritual family that you can partake in and be a part of is so much more expansive and so much more bigger and so much more achievable. There's things we can achieve as a family stuck together that far outweighs anything that a natural family can sit together. Now we look at we, we look at famous families, you look at Donald Trump, his family and, and the fortune that he's amassed. You look at all the other people, Rockefeller, uh, J.C. Penney and the guy who started Colgate. Do you know the guy who started Colgate actually ended up dying when he, before he was dying? He was giving like 90% of his income into the gospel, into the, into the thing. I think J.C. Penney, Rockefeller, they're all very similar in how they gave because their um, family fortune and amassing of their wealth actually felt like, hang on, we can do far more than just build towers and build buildings. We can actually pump into something that goes further and beyond into a spiritual. Now, some of us in this room may actually have connections spiritually to some of those things that happened hundreds of years ago. I know that I'm actually a direct descendant of the Archbishop of York. Yes, I am famous. I don't know how far that goes back. My, my dad found that out. And, and I, the reason I suppose I, I think about it is, is the, the situation I'm going through right now. But my, my father actually passed away this week. And, oh, come on. I didn't want sorrow and pity. You know what he's doing right now? 
He's having a heck of a lot more fun than you lot are right now, aren't you? Because you guys are not as excited as he is to be in the family right now. He is in heaven with God Almighty. He is in heaven with Jesus Christ. See, we forget these things as Christians. We forget the things that God has actually done for us. We forget the things that God, the Word of God actually provides for us. We forget that my God is a big God and he's bigger in you than anything else that you could possibly conceive. See, the scripture verse that I have to start with is in James chapter 4. And it's in the New Living Translation. Um, the King James is a bit more graphic, and I will say it in a minute. But verse 5, it says, They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. Now, the context of that is... Chapter, uh, verse 4, you adulterers. You adulterers. He's speaking to the church here. James is speaking to the church. He was a pastor, wasn't he? He was talking to his flock and telling them that you, in fact, were having an affair and away from the family of God, from God himself. That's how, how descriptive that word is actually talking about. Don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. Whenever the, the Bible says something twice, you might want to listen. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourselves an enemy of God. How many of us, me pointing three fingers back at me and one at you, live a life that wants to get as much as we possibly can from the world around us without actually sinning. How often do we try and get as close as we possibly can to living a life that involves everything, the attractions, the lights, the fancy stuff? How many of us want the latest iPhone and will do anything to get it. The next iPhone's not supposed to be that good, so you best wait in a year anyways. Um, I'm holding on and holding on and holding on. I've still got my iPhone 7. But it's starting to go slow, so I'm getting a bit upset. Sorry, I'll get back on track. You always got to talk about Apple, because Apple is kind of like the gold standard for things. Now, some people might argue it's slipped. No, stick with me, stick with me. It's my gold standard. Anyways, customer service, all the whole package. You see, the world can produce something so awesome and amazing and wonderful that we are attracted to it. There's a pull on certain brands. There's a certain pull on certain things. Why do people buy Armani over Matalan? There's an attraction to it. <laughs> this is very difficult to stay on track. No. Um, there's an attraction, isn't there, to the, to the world's stuff. And, and we can go into it. I mean, it, it, the, the wisdom from above is, first of all, pure. It's peace, loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It's full of mercy. Those are the God things. But you go further up in chapter 3, verses 15, for jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, uninspired, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there's jealousy and selfish ambition, there you'll find disorder and evil of every kind. So you're attracted to these things and this stuff. But realistically, the further and closer you try and get to that place, 
the further you are getting away from the actual friendship that you should be pressing into. Now, I don't want to just have a, 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 an applause and a clap and a, and a think about this. I want to actually kind of think about this. I want to allow the Spirit of God to, to, to delve deep into each and every one of our hearts. See, God is passionate that the Spirit He has placed within us should be faithful to Him faithfulness. See, if you're called an adulterer, what are you? You're unfaithful. See, are we paying lip service on a Sunday morning? Are we dressing up nice? Are we coming up on a Sunday morning to sing lovely songs? Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. But then the Monday morning, we we just forgotten the lyrics of the song. So strangely dim the world should appear. There's that song, isn't there? I'm not, I'm not a singer, so I won't try and sing it. I woke up this morning, um, and I actually played a Noel Richards version of a song, and my wife was still in bed, so she couldn't disapprovingly look at my bad taste in music. But, come Lord Jesus. Come Lord Jesus. Fill us afresh again with your spirit. You see, the whole purpose of these crusades that have been coming in across from the Billy Graham Association and things like that, I mean, they did one in Blackpool, was it this year or last this year? They see something in this country that sometimes us as a British people don't actually see. They want to see a, a, a revival of not just the church, but of souls. See, my, my, heart, my heartbeat is to point the church to God. That's what I really want you guys to get a hold of from today. I want you guys to be so encouraged that the Spirit of God just boosts you and gives you that supernatural lift to just inspire the depths of your heart to cry out for more of God. I want that. That's desperate. But what are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with a relationship with God? What's the point of the Spirit of God being so passionate inside of us? He, he, the, the King James calls it lust to envy. He is jealous of your very thought life. If your thought life and your being is directed away from Him, He is crying out and saying, come back to me, look at me, look at the prodigal son. The prodigal son ran as fast as he could away with the inheritance that he had. We are, as Christians, as a church, often grab our inheritance and run. We run away from the things of God. We run away from the call of God. We run away from the family of God. We distance ourselves because we're so scared and danger and, and worried that, the, that, that what God has actually given us, is it actually real? Is it going to do something? Is it going to convince us to Actually, but you know what? It did end well for him, did it? He ended up in the pig slop. And I've been places in my life where, see, I, I, I'm a very blessed person. Me and my wife are very blessed. I grew up in this kind of teaching. I grew up in the word, word message. I grew up with the Spirit of God. I was born again when I was two. Baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was five. I haven't had a great rebelling in my life. But there's still been places and times when I have been in the pig bed. Where I've eaten the worst of things because of my pride, because of my attitude, my lack of faithfulness, my anger, all those things. I couldn't stand up before you right now without having dealt with a lot of things. 
And I'm sure each and every one of us are exactly in the same place. There might be some of you here that are still stuck running away from the call of God on your life, running away from the things that God's got for you, running away from the great commission. Father God wants to create a family. And this church is part of that family. And not only is this church part of this family, this church is part of his plan to create a bigger family, to reproduce itself, to reproduce itself in yourself and in others around you, to bring your families in, to bring your children in, to bring your friends in, to bring that long-lost cousin that nobody likes in the family in. You guys are created to reproduce. We are creative beings. There are creative people that, that create wonderful things for, for slides and, and things like that. There are creative people who sing music, but there also creative business people, they're creative preachers, they're creative, all such things that God's done so that you can reflect his very glory so that you can pull in the souls that are needed. You see, the thing is, you've got people in this church, and I'm thinking of Mr. Cannon over there, that that is an evangelist that proclaims the gospel, that burns for, for to see souls come. See, the thing is, we haven't got a revelation of hell is one of the reasons. That the church has stopped preaching the very, the very, the very depths of where the world is going. See, this world is not going to a nice park in the sky, a nice little. I think of a secular song where the grass is green and the girls are pretty. That's not where the world's going. And if you get that reference, I know more about you than you think. (laughs) There is a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. And we're not, one of the things that I've been yearning very recently in my heart is, God, give me a revelation of hell. Give me a revelation of the lostness of the world. Give me a revelation of where, where people are going. Because if I can share that revelation with some of you guys, we can start to see things change. You see, my, my heart is, is massive for the things of God. I don't stop this. This doesn't turn off when I go home. This doesn't turn off tomorrow morning. This doesn't turn off on Friday evening. There are times that I'll sit down to watch some TV and I can't watch it because I sit there and think, what is my God saying on the inside of me? What is his passion for me right now? Where is he envious of the things I'm looking at? Is he envious of the things I'm thinking about? There's, there's a fire in me that is burning so bright right now, not just because I'm stood on a platform, but because I'm living a life that is so consumed with what does God want from me? What does he need me to do? How can I be his hand? How can I be his feet? How can I be the fire that burns? Hebrews chapter 12 says it this way. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshipping him with holy fear and awe. For our God is an all-consuming fire. I'm going to go to the Old Testament. Because there's there's a little story that I think that we could do with remembering i didn't it didn't clue in to me when i've been preparing this at all until this morning 
and I'm not going to read it all. I, I will tell you a little bit story. The, the story that I'm talking about, if you think about fire, the obvious story is obviously what? Burning bush. That's a, that's a good one. That was nearly the first, that was nearly where I was going to go with this. But the other one is Nebuchadnezzar and the three Hebrew children. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Now, I, I actually t- had the privilege of, um, and it is, this is a, a little bit of a, a funny story, I hope, not too insensitive or anything, but we, we have, in our church, we have um, like a, a, what's called Prospects. It's, um, it's like a, a Thursday night thing for mentally impaired, or that, that kind of like, those kind of, I don't, I don't want it to sound politically incorrect, if you know what I mean, but the, the kind of people that, that are not, that they're backward in their thinking and all that kind of, you know, you, know, you know what I mean? Mentally handicapped, disabled, whatever you want to call it. It's specifically for them. And we, we got each of our, the leadership team got asked to preach a 10-minute little sermon on this. And you, what you do is you kind of pull them out and get them to be involved. So I was able to get them involved and do the, 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 the Bendigo. And I, and I got really excited about this. I'm not going to be excited for you today because I got a bit too excited. Got so excited about talking about the fire that one of the people, after I'd finished, kept shouting fire out. So the carers were actually really quite worried what she was going to go home and do because she was so obsessed with it. So anyways... Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. When they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or worship the gold statue I have set up? I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of musical instruments. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace and then what God will be able to rescue from my power? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now listen to what they said. They replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. We will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. And this best bit of of the story, but suddenly... Nebuchadnezzar jumped up. How many suddenlies in your life where you suddenly realize, hang on, the thing I'm trying to get rid of. Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound, walking around in the fire, unharmed, and the fourth looks like a god. You see, if your fire is burning so strong within your heart, if the fire of God is blazing in your heart, nothing's going to be able to touch or harm you. 
You see, I know we use fire in, in that it was a negative in this sense, but I'm saying that God is a consuming fire and he's burning within you, overflowing you, and oh and, and like rays of lightning, it says in I think in, in one of the prophets talks about rays of lightning and fire flowing from God's hand. How majestic and wonderful is our God. He is such an awesome, overwhelming, powerful God. And he burns within you. He's not only jealous for what you're doing, but he, you see, you, you, people might think, oh, he's jealous? That's a bit of a, a negative trait, isn't it? All he wants is you to be focused on him. All he wants is for you to have your eyes on him. All he wants is for your life to reflect him. See, I'm maybe coming across very dramatic or excited or whatever you want to call it, somebody could get up here and preach the same message very calmly and it could have the same impact in your life. See, my wife could get up here and speak and it wouldn't be like this. It would be quieter, it would be softer possibly, unless she really starts flowing and then it gets a bit a bit more powerful then. Um, see, God Almighty loves you so much that he has put some stuff inside you. He's put some stuff inside you that needs to come out. See, he's an all-consuming fire. He wants to burn everything up. And he wants to carry you through. See, the, the, the three Hebrew children stood up in the face of hell itself. You see, I think we, we think these, these, we look at these Old Testament stories like Nebuchadnezzar and we think he was a nice little old fat man with a, with a goatee beard or whatever and he, and he used to be just pleasant. And he just decided one day, well, maybe, maybe I'll build a statue and if people don't bow down, well, we'll just kill them off. You, you just have to look at someone like Hitler or Stalin or any of them to see the real spirit behind this kind of person. See, the devil doesn't want to stand for you. The devil wants you to burn up. The devil wants you to be destroyed. See, there's a hellfire and then there's Godfire. I want, I know which one I want. See, hellfire will, will cause problems in your life on earth, but it will also has an eternal aspect. Now, I'm believing everyone in here is saved, and if you aren't, there will be an opportunity for you to become saved. You, you can make Jesus Christ Lord of your life today. It's not a difficult decision. If you hear what I'm saying, it's not a difficult decision. You see, if you are wanting to escape eternal damnation, it's not difficult to do that. But I tell you what, the decision once made will become difficult because you then have to fight against something that is, wants to take you down, does not want you to succeed. See, the Billy Graham Association is not something the devil wants to succeed. Does he? No, it's too late, yes. But even so, he doesn't want to co come to Liverpool and, and see souls. You see, when we start affecting souls, that's when your life becomes interesting. See, I don't think my life's interesting enough. I don't think I'm affecting enough people because I, I, I really want to see some things happen in my life that make a difference. A difference. See, if I'm only here to stir someone up, if there's one person in this room that gets stirred up so much and goes out and reaches one person, I believe I'm a success. But if two of you do it, 
three of you do it, if I go out and do it, we start to suddenly affect people. You see, one person, one, one person can save millions. He can see salvations time and time and time again. Our finances, going back to what we're talking about giving, giving of our finances, that's a hot topic in the body of Christ. We don't want to tithe. It's not our money. We don't want to tithe. We don't want to give up of our finances. We don't want to let go of the things that God's given us. Remember, God's given it to you in the first place. I would love to get to the place where I could give 90% of my income away. See, the fire of God and, and, and the, the passion of God can sink in. And, and, and right now, as, as we're talking about these things, allow, open your heart. Don't just listen to me. If you want an encounter with God, now's the time to get one. Now's the time when we are focused on the things of God. Now's the time to open up your heart. To let the Holy Spirit minister to your individuality, your person, your personality, everything that's, that's who you are. Let the Holy Spirit in. You see, I could shout and scream, jump up and down, do cartwheels. I can't, but... If I just do that, and you go out, have a lovely picnic, whether it rains or not, enjoy your sandwiches, but nothing changes, what's the point of a Sunday morning meeting? See, Sunday morning, I, I, I love this. A lot of people come to church on a Sunday morning to get filled up. That's the wrong way around. We should come with our overflow. We should come willing to give. We should come. You see, I should be able to hand the microphone to any one of you people and you should be able to flow in the Holy Ghost and see the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God of the anointing flow through your mouth, flow through your hands, through for what you're doing. But how often are we hooked up? How often are we, are we separate from, from the things of God? We want to just hear or be entertained. We've seen two famous people in the social media world give up on God this week. And it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. Because if we have not got the foundation enough of this word of God, we will fall very quickly and we will give up. You see, how do you survive the burning furnace? The combination of this and the combination of this. The Holy Ghost living inside you will confirm every single word that you put in. It will set it afire. The Holy Spirit will make you a light and blaze with the things that are in this. See, the thing is, I, I get, try and prepare for these services and, and, and come to speak before you. And I, and I can just... It, it frustrates me because I don't know exactly what I'm going to say. I never know what I'm going to say. I never know where exactly. And, and I just flick through and I think, oh, I could use that scripture verse. Oh, I could use that scripture verse. Oh, I could use that scripture verse. Because the Spirit of God is the Spirit of God that sets things on fire. He sets your heart on fire. But your heart will burn up if it hasn't got the foundation of the Word of God in it on the first place. See, this word, this power, this, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. If you want salvation in your life beyond your initial salvation moment, this is what's going to bring it. This is what's going to bring it. 
See, the Word of God, the Word of the living God, so burns in my heart that it, I, what does Jeremiah say? It's shut up in my bones and I will not stop declaring it. And I will not stop shouting about it. I will not stop letting the fire burn. I will not stop. I will not stop. You see, you want revival in this country, but this country is not ready for revival yet. This country has got some foundations to get sorted out first. This country has got some things that need to be dealt with. This country is going to move into the new realms of God. This country is going to see amazing things happen, but it's not quite ready yet. The tip of the iceberg is here. The iceberg is on its way. There are some things that are coming in the spirit realm that are going to change a lot of things. There are things that are going to make things just click into place where this country can start reigning and ruling in the spirit realm like it has never done before because there is a foundation. You see how many people are saved because of the obedience of people in this country to go. you got to get excited, guys, because this is a place where it can come from. There is a foundation in this place. There is a root in this place. There is a fire in this place that hasn't been covered up yet. The devil has worked hard for years and years and years and years to cover it up. And the influence may have gone up and down and up and down. But it's time for us as believers to unify, pull together, be a family that stands. You see, let's go back to EastEnders. When the families do unite, what happens? Maybe I'm talking about it because someone watches it here because I really don't know that much about this. But when a family, when a criminal family unites, what happens? You see, when a government unites, what happens? See, unity brings success. Unity brings prosperity. Whatever your political assumptions are about what's happening in the United States at the moment, there's a unity among Christianity a little bit stronger because they've got a precedent that they believe in. And things are happening more. I'm not saying it's perfect. You probably might disagree with me. It's not perfect. But there is something different. And see, we can have that unity as a group of body of believers. You see, it doesn't matter who's in charge in 10 Downing Street. really doesn't. In fact, what was it, Nebuchadnezzar? He was in charge of enslaving the Hebrew people. But yet the Hebrew people got to the top of their game, got to the top of the leadership, got to the top under a, a tyrannical, horrible man that wanted everything, all the glory to himself. But you see, God was able to remove that and establish his people where they're supposed to be. God is establishing people in this country. God is establishing people in, in countries all over this world so that we can actually usher in the final move of God that is going to bring Jesus Christ back. I don't know how long it's going to be. I love what Keith Moore talks about. He had a, an opportunity after his, his father died. Um, and if you don't know who Keith Moore is, he's a, he's a minister from America. And, and he talks about going to heaven after his, his dad died. And it's interesting that I was watching these messages um, recently, just before my dad actually died. 
And what he says was, you go and meet your dad, and you want to talk about things that you did wrong on earth, and you want to talk about things that were wrong. But he said you didn't need to, because you just knew that he loved you. His dad knew that he loved him. But what was interesting was, was the time frame. It was about half an hour. That's what it felt like. That was a lifetime for us. Someone in heaven might sit down and watch a sitcom. And then 80 years has passed on, on earth. That's how time is different. Peter alludes to it, doesn't he? One day is a thousand years and a thousand years is a day. You see, 40 years from now will not be long in heaven. A hundred years now will not be long in heaven. For years, the Pentecostal movement has been preaching that Jesus Christ is coming back soon. And we are closer than we've ever been. But that doesn't mean that we sit back on our laurels and wait for him to come back. That doesn't mean we just turn up and think, oh, well, you know what? It's going to happen in 10 years. Oh, it might happen next week, so I'm not going to do anything. No, we've got to get our engines going. Our, the steam train needs to leave the station. We need to go forward into the things of God and ramp up our attitude. Ramp up the way we do things. Ramp up our, our reaching out. See, these little things might be simple. I had a friend of mine um, message me. She's a, a, a short lady, but she's strong as an ox. She's a crossfitter. She's a police officer, and she's a lovely lady. She Fs and blinds like a sailor. But you know what, she, she was perusing the internet um, at my church in Southport that me and my wife go to. And she found my picture on there because I, I, I work for them. And she texted me, oh, I didn't know you were there, etc. And I said, how did you find that? You know how she found it? Her sister was encouraging her to get back into church because her husband's a minister. See, we don't know the people around us. I would never have thought this lady would be interested in church. Now, I, I had an inkling. You know, sometimes you meet Christians and, and your spirit jumps and no matter where they are in life, you kind of know, yeah, that there's something about them that, that, you know, I understand they're a Christian. But I didn't have a clue that she'd even be interested. See, we don't know who we're rubbing shoulders with. See, it's great that we can have ministers come on from other countries, set up big evangelistic campaigns. We want that. We need that. But if you guys aren't there when the person down your road who goes to that meeting is saved, that person may never see another Christian in their life. They may have made a decision at a big meeting and then go back home and find out where are all the other Christians. Because us lot are incognito. We are undercover Christians, aren't we? I'm a very good undercover Christian. I just... Don't talk. Yeah. <laughs> but you see, the passion that your pastor has for the lost needs to be caught. You won't see her every day in your life, but you can catch the same spirit. We can catch it. I want to catch it. I want to have the passion of God for the lost in my heart. Revival in my heart. See, our Father God is such a gracious and merciful God. He, he's, he's very patient. 
He's patient for the reaping of souls. But I think time might be running out for that. We need to hasten the coming of the Lord. We need to get excited about the coming of the Lord. Jesus is coming back. He's coming back in a blaze of glory. And and it's going to be an awesome experience. I always wondered when I was little, how is everyone in the world going to see it? But it's pretty obvious now that social media is taken off the way it has. Everyone's just going to have their phones out. It won't matter what phone you've got on because you'll be broadcasting the return of Jesus Christ. And us as a church are but a sleepy giant. We're but a sleepy giant. You can go to 100 churches in this country and not hear a single bit of the word of God on a Sunday morning. And I'm sure you could do that all over the world. We are a special people. This body of believers are a special people. You may not have been in this church for long, but the same spirit can get on you, to get in you. The Bible says itching ears will often go off to find the latest thing and the newest thing. But the newest thing isn't always right. I'll tell you what the oldest thing is. The Spirit of God hovered on the face of the earth, waiting for the very Word of God to be spoken so that creation can erupt forth and actually put us on this eternal destiny that this planet has got to reap a harvest of a family for my God. My God wants every single one of your souls. He wants you to be possessed and consumed by Him. He he wants you to be thinking of Him daily. But how do I get out of the situation I'm in? How do I pay my bills that I can't pay for? How do I get away from sickness and disease? How do I live a life free of everything the enemy would have me for? I will tell you how. Be consumed by me. Be consumed by the very Spirit of the living God that dwells within you. Be alive unto Him. He will lead you. He will guide you. Each step you take is a step of faith. And it will revolutionize your life. But if you give up too soon, each step you take will lead away from him. The word of God dwelling in your heart. The word of God dwelling in your heart. Consumed by the very spirit of God that gave birth to you. Alive unto him. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells within you. Be confident in that. Be bold of that. Be bold of the things he has placed in your heart. Be bold of the dreams that he has placed into your heart. Notice I said he has placed. Don't go chasing after the dreams of your mind, of your flesh. But find the dreams that he has for you. Find the dreams that he wants you to achieve. And be bold to go after them. Go, be bold, be bold, be bold. The Spirit of God is moving amongst our hearts right now. He's mining some treasure, drilling down into each person's spirit right now and resurrecting some things. 
God wants to bring some things back to your memory. God wants to loose some things. See, there's some th- people here that dream big dreams. There are some people here who dream big dreams. But they are not big enough. They're not big enough. They're not big enough. As I close, I want you to close your eyes if you haven't already. I'm going to ask the Spirit of God to just minister to you. I don't need to lay hands on you. I might open it up for that in a minute. But right now, I want you to take the time, no matter where you are in your walk of God. See, some are on a a path, they've been on a path for a long time. Some are just starting out that path or come back to that path. But see, the Spirit of God wants to just... Refresh you. Lift you up and encourage you. And just give him a few moments right now to minister to you. Spirit of God, come, flow. Fall on your people. Refresh, revive. Burn. Burn with a fire that's never been burned before. Burn with a fire that's never been burned before. If you are on fire, your wood's wet. Start putting some new fuel into your heart. See, the fuel of the Word of God will burn brightly with the Spirit of God. It's very easy just to fill up on the Bible, it's very easy to fill up on information. It's very easy to fill up on the six steps to success. But without the Spirit of God igniting, you will quickly run out of steam. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yield to the Spirit. You need to yield. As a body, you need to yield. As individuals, we need to yield. The tangible presence of the living God dwelling in your hearts. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Holy Spirit, do what you need to do. Minister to who you need to minister. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. 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 You're worthy of all praise, my God. My God, you are God. You are God. You are God. You are God. You are worthy of all praise. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Stir your people.